Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. Hey, everyone. It's John Hodgman here of the Judge John Hodgman podcast, and it is Christmas in the summertime here on the podcast because this case involves Santa Claus. And so if you're listening with your children, I remind you that this one involves Santa Claus. Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, the Santa suit. Andy brings the case against his wife, Virginia. Andy's a professional Santa and wants to share the spirit of Christmas and Santa all year long. Virginia wants to keep it limited to the holiday season. Who's right, who's wrong, only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents the obscure cultural reference. Yes, Virginia, Santa Claus does exist. He is as real as fairies, as real as your baby brother's baby rattle. In fact, if you break that rattle apart, you will find Santa's finger bones and teeth right in there. Take them to a scientist, and they'll tell you. Santa is, or was, real. As real as Virginia, which is to say you. For who is Virginia? A little girl? Yes, but not forever. Eventually you, like all of us, will die. Eventually, your fingers and teeth will rattle in the emptiness of all time and history, just like Santa Claus's. Eventually, you too will be nothing but a myth, an idea, a hint of innocence that for decades more will inspire us, give heart to us, move us all to tears, even though you will be dead. Of course, Santa Claus exists, and thank God! Your little baby brother who knows nothing yet of merciless war and merciless time laughs at Santa just as he takes joy at the sound of Santa's bones, his bones. And soon we will laugh at your bones, too. Merry Christmas. P.S. God does not exist. Jesse Thorne, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that his own Santa Claus-related beliefs are truly brutal, as evidenced by past Judge John Hodgman episodes? I do. I do. Very well. Judge Hodgman? Andy and Virginia, you may be seated. First, first of all, given the nature of this case, I cannot see you, nor you me, I hope, unless you are psychic. <laughs> <laughs> You're All invisible to us. Professional Santas are or, psychic. Or work, for, or, or work during the non-holiday months for the NSA. I cannot see you nor you me. And yet I can already tell you guys are the most adorable litigants we've ever had on this <laughs> Judge John Hodgman podcast. That's sweet. Thanks, Your Honor. The, Bad brothers. They're pretty, they're pretty adorable. But you know what? We'll see by the end of this. Stay tuned to the very end. For now – Justice must be served. One of you must be right. One of you must be wrong. For an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can you name the piece of particularly obscure culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? Andy, you bring the case before this court. You go first. Can you guess? Not at all. I have no idea. No, not even a single guess. Nope. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Virginia? Well, it's pretty dark, and I think it's even darker than The Nightmare Before Christmas, but I'll let that be my guess. The Nightmare Before Christmas, directed by Henry Selleck, not Tim Burton, who designed oh. the characters. Great animator Henry Selleck, director of Coraline, starring John Hodgman, and the incredible animations of Henry Selleck. Uh, but no, that guess, and indeed all guesses are wrong, the answer, and I apologize, this is far too obscure for anyone to have heard of. It was from a book of humor called More Information Than You Require by Joan Hodgman. I don't oh, know yes. the name. I don't know this author at all. Oh, and this is me. I forgot I wrote books once. Once upon a time when I was young and childlike. And that was from my Today in the Past section of More Information Than You Require when I talked about great events from the past and then put a, my own a cruel, death-obsessed twist on them. Can I ask you a question? If something appeared in Today in the Past, does that make it canonical for the purposes of Judge John Hodgman, since this podcast feed was once the podcast feed of the Today in the Past podcast? Yeah, this is just like that dumb snake eating its tail again. Got yes, it. it's all canon. It's all canon in the hot box. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I, of course, was referencing in my my joking 
in my joke about child death, uh, the the famous letter written by a young girl named Virginia to the New York Sun in 1897 is Santa Claus real? And the answer provided to her by uh, Francis P. Church, an editorial writer who wrote the famous "Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus" letter. And I, and I was also referencing the fact that Francis Church had been a Civil War correspondent and remained morose and death-obsessed for the rest of his life. And I was surprised that that was not revealed more in his letter back to her. So I decided to correct the record. So there you go. That's a little bit of history for you that arguably a professional Santa impersonator should have <laughs> caught up on. It's a Santa portrayer, not impersonator. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can see, see what I live with. Thank you. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, all right, fair enough. S- S- Santa portrayer. You're the semi expert. That's right. <laughs> so just to be so that I am clear, Andy, you portray yes. the 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 famous Western mythological figure of Sandy Claus. That's uh, true. During the holiday yes. years. Yes. And do you do this at a, a, a department store or a, a local Masonic temple or something? Or do you just do this on your own? <laughs> I do this at a, I'm a freelance Santa. And I do also volunteer work with Toys for Tots and uh, a rescue missions. So that's it keeps me busy through November and December. What? What have been your best and worst freelance Santa gigs? The best is probably the one that I do uh, with the USO at Fort Bragg. They bring all their families in, and it's a very nice um, breakfast with Santa time, which was a lot of fun. Um, The worst are the the families who will hire me to come in for a family party, and there's only like two kids but a bunch of really uh, inebriated adults. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's usually pretty weird. I don't want to get with Santa. That was a good question. <laughs> that was a good question, Bailiff Jesse. And the, I'm not surprised because Bailiff Jesse always asks good questions because he's the host of a great interview radio show called Bullseye, which everyone should listen to. Guilty as charged. And Andy, you do your freelance clausing uh, in what region of the world? Uh, we're, I'm out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh? North Carolina, part of the research triangle. That is true. And the other points are Durham and Chapel Hill. That's right. I got it right again. (laughs) So happy about that. I like that area quite a bit. And uh, and it needs a Santa Claus. That's what I was saying. I didn't realize they already had one. So I guess that scraps my plan to become the chief Santa portrayer of the research (laughs) triangle. Yeah, you lost out on that one. And how old are you, sir? I am 56. Oh, a young Santa. Yes, I am. And how Santa-like are you? Are you rotund? Do you have a belly full of jelly? No, I'm actually in pretty decent shape, but I do have a naturally white, long beard. And that's basically all it takes, right? No, it takes the twinkle in the eye and the wonderful personality. Yeah, okay, but you don't need a fat suit, (laughs) I guess is what I'm saying. Actually, I do wear a a pillow, a fat suit. Suit pillow, yes. Wait a minute. Are you talking about? Are you talking about a fat suit, like for theatrical use, or are you just uh, shoving a pillow into your into I, your hands? It's a professional Santa belly. <laughs> I am. Oh, I am okay. glad okay. to hear it. <laughs> Virginia, you obviously want this line of questioning to stop. You are obviously made uncomfortable by your yes. hu- husband. Correct? Am I correct? Yes. Right. Your husband of how many years? Oh, dear. A tough question right out the gate. Andy, what is it? How many years? 31. 31. 31, 31 glorious years. and yes. memorable years. Wonderful. And it's true. I didn't marry him thinking he'd become a Santa. That was kind of a shock. Took an adjustment. Despite and his natural long white beard? Yeah. Did he have it then? Clean shaven with a mustache. Sure. And he's a Great Santa. He's got the twinkly blue eyes. He's got the curly white mustache. He's got the fluffy beard. But I really think it needs to stay within the season that it's supposed to be in. And there's some natural overlap because of the Santa Mobile and the preparation. I think we're going to hold you right there, Virginia. <laughs> <so> that... <laughs> Maybe you could give us some insight into the Santa Mobile and how that affects your yearly schedule. 
think we just got a really good look into their domestic life that she can say Santa Mobile as as though she's saying, oh yeah, in the minivan or right, <laughs> yeah, in the Prius. Virginia, what is the Santa Mobile? Well, the Santa Mobile is a red Toyota, and it's not that burgundy shade of red or that orange shade of red. It's a true Santa sleigh red and the apple Santa red. Exactly. And the front plate where you can have like a vanity plate is a picture of Jolly Santa Andy. Okay. And the back plate is Jolly Santa with all just the consonants. So you can kind of guess it's either Jolly Santa, Jelly Santa, Jilly Santa. Jelly Sinatra. Exactly. And the kicker is. There's not a single vowel on there? (laughs) I don't think there's a single vowel. So it's Jolly Santa. Exactly. <laughs> Does it have a license, a clarifying license plate frame that says ho, ho, ho or season's greetings or something okay, like that? Okay. What it does have on the back window, you know those little circle stickers like marathoners have, 26.2? Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, his says NP. North Pole. Exactly. With a sprig of holly. So I think that kind of, yes. Does it have a Does it have a, a disembodied red reindeer nose uh, where the hood <laughs> ornament should be? Please don't give him any ideas. Well, That's... you know, honestly, Andy, if you hadn't already had that idea, then uh, maybe you shouldn't be Santa Claus for the research <laughs> triangle because that was the first idea I had. <laughs> the picture in the front does say ho, ho, ho. Yeah, underneath. yeah. Why don't you have a light up red nose on the front of your Santamobile, Andy? Because I love my wife and you can only take her so far until she gets crazy. Sounds like there's room for a new Kringle in town if you ask me. <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> yes. Oh, you did it. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, that's against the rules. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> are there are there rules or oh, are you are asking rules. me to enforce rules? Yes, there are the Santa rules. Tell Andy me them. cannot. Well, one, he can't ho 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 out of season. Two, he can't smile, that Santa smile that you recognize. It's a smile Andy does. It's only for Santa, but it sneaks in to other family pictures. Three, he can't wear red out of season. And I'm sure there are a lot more. And yes, oh my goodness. So there's no, there's no also no talking with children or older adults when they come and ask if I'm Santa. Gotcha. So, Virginia, you're saying that Andy was clean-shaven. You didn't realize you were marrying a Santa when you married him. Is that correct? No, exactly. And, exactly. And, Andy, did you realize you were marrying the Grinch? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's only been the past six years where she's turned completely against Christmas. So. What do you think happened in the past six years? I think it's because I've become so popular because when Santa walks down the aisles at Walmart, people take notice and it's like being a Walmart rock star. Yeah. Oh, is that true, Virginia? You're jealous of the attention that Andy is getting at the Walmart? You know, Andy does love attention. And when you look like Santa, you do get attention. But, you know, if Andy were a leprechaun impersonator, you wouldn't expect him to have red hair and wear green. Excuse with, me, a wait. leprechaun portrayer. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. But you Just like expect- Santa Claus, there are no leprechauns to impersonate. <laughs> but you wouldn't expect a leprechaun portrayer to appear in November. I just think they, it, yes, let's curtail this. Let's, you might not let's expect- corral this. Right. You might, you might not expect a leprechaun portrayer to appear in November, but maybe in early March before, before St. Patrick's Day, right? That's reasonable, yes. So what's the reasonable time frame for Santa suiting up, in your opinion, and rule? Well, he does have a lot of business in November with portrait photographers where people bring their children and get their photos taken. And it's a great time for him to be busy because Santa gigs haven't started yet. So, yes, he's got to have a beard by November, but he starts growing the beard so Early. I mean, he's got a full Santa beard right now, and it's only June. Right. Well, is this a is this a Santa repulsion or a beard repulsion? <laughs> I think I kind of. He has a cute little dimple in his chin, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's still there anymore. Right. And then when you look like Santa, this in Andy's fifty six, you have to admit a white beard ages you a tad. So we both look like we're 80 when we walk around together. Right. Jesse, how are we doing on the adorable 
Derby. I am just barely holding my act together over here. <laughs> I am like, imagine, imagine a package. Yeah. It's wrapped in brown paper. Yeah. And sealed with white glue. Yeah. And then it's thrown into a river. Uh-huh. I am in a river of adorable. Right. Rolling and bouncing along the rocks, and my white glue is really starting to fade. I have to say, I thought you were going for some sort of Christmas opening a present under a tree metaphor, but it became, I think— it's more of a Stuart never, Little thing. Yeah, the never-before-seen the never before seen metaphor for I am a man wrapped in paper thrown into a river. <laughs> yeah. Andy— uh, yes. Have you started growing your beard earlier and earlier? Would you say that this corresponds to the period of time that uh, your wife, Virginia, decided that you were starting to get on her nerves? I think so. Um, I usually well, – one. here's another one of her rules, that on Christmas Eve, the beard has to be cut. The beard has to be cut down so when we go to church on Christmas Eve, kids don't confuse me with Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. So it has to be cut very short Christmas Eve. And after that, I keep it cut short through Valentine's Day, which is an important day for the love of my life. Oh, boy. But from your, but that's a, (laughs) that's a pretty, so. Can I just interject something? Yeah. Watch out, Bat Brothers. Virginia, is it true that you want him to shave his beard on Christmas Eve so that he doesn't confuse children at church? I don't quite remember it as he explains it, Your Honor, but I'd have to admit on Christmas morning, I did grab a jagged pair of scissors and trimmed off a lot of it one time, and it was great. I loved it. It was like opening a present. It was like opening a present. Without the wet river experience. Right. and and, And when you open the present, it's your husband's Head in brown paper <laughs> soaked in river water. Ooh. Exactly. Best Christmas ever. Best Christmas ever. <laughs> so let me understand. Let me let, let's just get let's just do the terms and just answer me briefly so that I can understand all the details. One. How long have the rules been in place? Ballpark. I would say after his first year as Santa when I realized there was a need for rules. And when was that? So he's been a Santa about, what, six years now? Six years. So I'd say we've had the rules for five years, and they Oh, it's have- interesting how the six years tends to correspond. Because, Andy, you said, oh, she was never – she never had a problem with it until about six years ago. That's when you started doing it. <laughs> That's right. She had a problem with it from the day the, – the day you started. That's correct. All right. Thank you, Your Honor. No, I'm just clarifying for myself. And Virginia, you would like – so it started six years ago. You started laying down the rules, and the rules you want to be written into stone Yes. By, in this fake court of internet justice. Yes. Is, A covenant. Is yes. that no wearing red, no ho-ho-hoing, and no smiling in that way – in that way, yes. And no beard, no full beard until November, and then beard goes away December 24th? Or if Christmas Day is fine. Or Christmas Day, just at some point you just cut it off with a jagged pair of scissors? Exactly. All right. So that, those are the rules that, that you think should be in place and that you have May tried. May I add one more? Okay. Oh. I'd like to also not— I'm not giving this to you. I'm just making sure I understand your terms. Oh. I also would like it not to be suggested that I be Mrs. Claus. Andy, are you doing that? I don't do it. A lot of people do it because she's so cute and she would fit that that role so well. So it's not me, and it also would bring us more money. No, I know that you're paying a lot. Of, I know you're paying a lot of people in in the research triangle to to buzz market the idea of Mrs. Claus to your wife. But you would prefer it if she did it, right? No, I I like to do it on my own. Is it true that married clauses get get more money than a single Santa Claus? Well, Santa is married to Mrs. Claus, so yeah, you know. I but mean, you know what I mean. If you do a joint yeah, appearance yeah. with a Mrs. Claus, you yeah, get a bump you make for that. Cash. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Yeah, that's good to know. 
<laughs> yes, you do. It's a good business. How much more would you make? I would probably it would almost double it. How much of your annual income does Santa Ing provide for you? Santa money goes specifically so Virginia and I can travel overseas every year. To the North Pole? <laughs> Iceland. No, to Europe. To Europe. You yes. do ever, hey, you ever do any one of those Viking River cruises? <laughs> no, but I'd like to. Yeah, me too. If you guys go, I'll go with you. <laughs> oh, great. That'd be fun. <laughs> And so it makes a, it makes a little bit of money and and financially are you uh, are you do you work or are you retired or or what's going I on? Work a, I work a full time job. Yes. What kind of job do you have? I work for the state of North Carolina with mm-hmm. social services. Mm-hmm. Great. And so uh, and so it's a little extra money on top of your sweet social services state paycheck. <laughs> Yes, it's a good right. gig. Yeah. It's a good gig. Yeah. Virginia, do you go on these overseas adventures with your husband? I do. You enjoy them? Oh, my gosh. We have a great time. Right. So you don't want him to stop bringing home that sweet claws money. No. You just no. want him to rein it in. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of – we're addicted to traveling. It's a lot of fun. We yeah. have fun together. And my money at my second job also goes to help us travel. So the Santa money is nice, but it's not the only thing that supports our travel. Andy, why are Andy, why are Virginia's rules unreasonable, indeed so unreasonable that you are flouting them at this very moment by talking through a full white beard in the middle of June? Not to mention going ho ho ho. Yeah, well that I think he was just trying to get a get a rise out of her. <laughs> and was, it worked. That was purely provocative hoeing. Oh yeah, that was. Um I enjoy portraying Santa Claus. I do not wear red. I do walk through places, and when children do come up to me and ask me if I'm Santa Claus, I never say that I am. I always say, have you been good this year? And they smile, and they're happy. Okay, I say it this way. Have you been good this year? (laughs) And then they say, what are you doing at Walmart, Santa? (laughs) Exactly. I have a question. Are you just getting dressed up as Santa and wandering into Walmart on your own? Are there the rules? Time, yes. Why is oh. Santa wearing a golf hat? I mean, if you, I mean, for, you know, look, it wouldn't be my choice to wander through Walmart to begin with. But I mean, people get shot in Walmart for for not conforming with regular dress codes and maybe picking up merchandise the wrong way. I'm gonna be nervous. You walk into as, as a full Santa. Don't they have their own Santa? Do you have get into Santa turf wars or what? There, there is some turf wars, and I can't walk into malls during the Christmas time because there's already a Santa in the mall. So, there so is are that places. just game respect game? You're not going to go? It is. Right. Okay. I got you. It is. But I enjoy the I, – I do enjoy the attention. I do enjoy you know the performance. It is like being a rock star walking through a crowd and people do look at you like you're Santa when you're dressed up as that. The other 10 months of the year, I do not push it. It just looks that way. And my beard has to grow because it is a good six-inch beard by the time that it's it's uh, Santa time in November. If, but if you were going to hit, if you were going to hit Santa time November first, how when would you need to start growing the beard from clean shaven? Would you say De- December twenty sixth? Oh God! <laughs> you just okay. want to have a big old beard all the time. <laughs> it looks good. It's you. Do you? Let me ask because this is a a, a very uh, big conflict between yes. m- my wife and myself, which is that I grew my pale imitation of a beard last year, and I really liked it, and I liked the way I looked, and I liked the way it made me feel. But she did not like the way it looked or felt. Believe me, and I finally I shaved it off. But it was a real conflict because this is a thing was like. You know what? This is a part of my body. And it comes into direct conflict with like how I feel about myself physically and facially and how, and how my, my – the most important person in my life feels about it. And who is – who's more important, you know? Sometimes you just got to grow that beard, you know? But it, it, is, it is an immovable object and an unstoppable force because there's no, there's no compromise. There's no length of beard for certain people that is 
that they would be willing to kiss. Yeah. And, and, and you don't have to kiss yourself. Yeah, boy, believe me. I don't think I don't know that I would I would having kissed Zach Galifianakis when we both had mustaches for the great <laughs> television show Bored to Death. It is not as Zach said, it was like pushing two brooms together. It was weird. Oh, Your Honor. Your Honor, could I mention one thing? Yeah. Uh, we have three sons and They've all had beards, and I think it's all because of Andy's influence, which is wonderful. But now two of them have actually tried curling their mustaches. One wore a curly mustache to prom. So it, it is something that does have an influence. And Andy yeah. is very handsome without the beard. And I'll be honest, we have another Santa in our church who's much older, and he has just started growing his beard as of June 1st. So I don't think Andy has to quite start so soon Right. I have a couple of things to respond great. to there. Regarding your sons curling their mustaches. Yes. This is the year is 2015. Yes. This is what's happening with men. Oh. There's your sons are just being a, a part a part of society. And if you knew what I looked like, you'd know I would side with them. Are you curly mustachy? <sighs> totally. Ah. <laughs> second of all. Second of all. You have another Santa in your church that Andy's trying to kick out? He's old. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this there's is... such a thing that I've told Andy he could never be. You know, when you get to where your Santa driving in a rascal and having liver spots, you've got to hang it up. The great thing about Andy is that he does look so young, but yes, liver spot Santas are something that I'm just not too fond of. I love this bouillabaisse of things that's going on here in this. <laughs> First of all... There's this, there's this ageism <laughs> and looksism about this other Santa. Oh, within, dear. within, within the context of a mythological person who is defined by his age and morbid obesity, <laughs> and not to mention the ableism, right? Yeah, of right. This rascal situation. Oh dear. The best is my favorite part is that this. This conflict is taking place in a church. This conflict over who can best portray this pagan god. Oh, dear. And it's me. Now, Andy, are you really good at it? Oh, yes. Am I good at being a Santa? I'm yeah. the best. Now, when you are – when you're hired to do Santa. Yes. What percentage of your Santa cosplaying is paying jobs, and what percentage is you sort of Batman style just putting on the uniform and going on patrol? I never put on the uniform and go on patrol because that would be too confusing to children. But I do do I do volunteer work, which is which is free out of my own own time, sure. which I enjoy. But it's always but organized. I, it's not you just wandering into Walmart in the costume. It's, it's always organized. Right. That's right. So you actually so I, have kids. Do you do lap sitting? Yes, yes, we do. Here's the thing that I would imagine is the hardest thing a Santa has to do is to listen to the child's Christmas gift wish and know that it can is never going to happen. Yes, a lot of times where you're when the child is telling you what they want, you're sort of looking over at the parent and they're giving you the nod yes or the nod no. And if you get the nod no, how do you how do you gently deal with that situation and you usually will say well that's a very nice present but you know what santa loves to bring surprises so just look for a surprise from santa that's okay? good yeah here let's do a little role play say my okay. name is john hodgman and i have a series of <laughs> almanacs of fake trivia that were published on paper some years ago and are available on ibooks in a fixed format but i i really hope someday will be available on on kindle in a, and iBooks for that matter in a, in a non-fixed format so that people can change the size of the font. But of course, it's always been impossible because Sam Potts and I came up with the most confusing design <laughs> scheme ever and it just doesn't seem to work. So now I'm sitting on your lap and I yes. say, Santa, my Christmas wish is that there will be a Kindle edition with scalable text of my books, the areas of my expertise, more information than you require, and that is all. Will I get it this year? Well, that's a really interesting thing, John, and I'm sure that you'd really want that with all your heart, but we'll just see. You know, we'll have to be hopeful for things like that, and I'll bring you a nice surprise because you've been such a good boy this year. Do you always patronize the children or do you just patronize <laughs> Judge John Hodgman? No, I patronize children too. Wah! 
Did you just say next? <laughs> yeah, you're good at your job. Uh, Andy, do you, let, let me let me understand what the psychology here is for you. You are you already have a full white beard. You would prefer to keep a full white beard all the time. Yes. Do you want the full white beard because you love it, or do you want the full white beard because you want to sneak out of the house and do a little Santaing in the off hours? Santaing the off hours wouldn't be too bad. Now. You guys both have a good sense of humor, but I'm asking you a serious question. Do you want to keep a full white beard all year long because you love that white beard or because you want to be available to Santa when the, t when the mood strikes you? No, I like the full white beard. Mm -hmm. And uh, Virginia, uh, with regard to this beard, do you want that beard to go away because it reminds you of this repulsive character of Santa? Or do you want the beard to go away because you just don't like the way he looks and feels when he's a around you with that full white beard? I love the white beard at the time of year it's supposed to be there. But at the other times of year, I'd like just to see Andy because it's hard not to look at Andy with the big beard and not think Santa. Right. How do you feel about being romantic with Santa? Uh, he's a pretty hot potato. Yeah, the boy. <laughs> you sure you don't want to be Mrs. Claus? Well, one, she doesn't even have a first name. Right. Two, she's like a glorified elf. She's really a kid wrangler. And three, you wouldn't get to sit down beside Santa, so I'd be on my feet the whole time. He's a better Santa. He's a former Montessori teacher, and he knows sign language. He used to teach hearing impaired children, so he is fabulous. But yes, it does kind of it kind of slides out and infiltrates everywhere. What's gross about Santa in October? Oh, hold on, that's I need a to, long I list. I need to hear again this the sound of Santa sliding out and infiltrating <laughs> everything. Oh dear, Andy, but can I hear it again? Can I hear it again? That wasn't me. That was Virginia. <laughs> oh, wow. He's stealth Santa. <laughs> well, here's – OK. Here's a, here's a creepy Santa thing to me. I never grew up with this as a kid, but when we were in London, we went to one of these open-air markets, and Andy had to find an old Victorian key. And on his big belt that has a Santa belt buckle that's brass and says Santa on it, hangs this key. So if you don't have a chimney, Andy can use his old wrought iron key to get it's inside your house. It's a magic key. A magic key. It's a creepy key. I'm I'm really into Santa having a belt buckle with his name on it, like an early two thousands rapper. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Oh my a gosh! Santa rodeo. Are you are you adding anything else to the Santa mythos of your own invention, Andy? No, that's actually a, a part of the the whole persona. Yes, but is that the magic key? I've never heard that before. Yes, I mean, and I feel like I've heard key. them all. I've heard of Sinterklaas and 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 uh, and Zwarte Pieter in uh, in the Netherlands and Krampus in, Maybe in Austria. Virginia, instead of being Mrs. Claus, Virginia should be Krampus. Oh yeah, how about that? She's oh, we she, know Krampus. <laughs> you know a Krampus already? Is that what you said? We know of Krampus. Oh, you know of Krampus. Yes. Yeah, Virginia. You, I think you. I think you were born for the part of the of the of the, of the, of the punitive demon. This who, sounds slightly insulting. Who hits children with sticks? <laughs> oh, if they've been I'm bad. Getting, okay, I'm getting. Take Mr. that, Percent. curly mustache, son. Whack. Krampus <laughs> has spoken. <laughs> No, I'm the sweetie bug. He's a slithy tove. You've got it turned around. I'm the sugar bee. Andy. Yes. I'm sitting on your lap and I say, and I'm a child. And yes. I say, are you, oh, gosh. Are you yeah. the real Santa? <laughs> Easy, Jesse. Yeah. This is serious. I want to hear how Andy deals with questions of faith. <laughs> if, if a child asks me if I'm the real Santa, I usually say, Yes. They love you know, to tug on the beard. You know about this. You know about this court's opinion on direct questions about Santa, right? But but what what other Santa is around at that time? Yes, I'm the real Santa. You are a slithy tove. Right there. You are a yeah. slithy tove. What if someone? What if a child sits on your lap and asks you, "Who's the sugar bee?" <laughs> then I would have to say that's Mrs. Claus, and she's at home right now. All right. Totally noted. I think 
I I think the I think we have to uh, we have to clear the courtroom to vent the adorableness out of it before we can continue. I'm going to take this moment to go to go into my chambers workshop and uh, figure out my decision. I'll be back in a moment. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Andy, yes. how do you feel about your chances here? I'm always feeling very confident. I mean, who's not going to love Santa and side with Santa? Is that part of your Montessori training? Yes, it is. <laughs> Virginia, how are you feeling? Well, this sounds cruel, but I'm kind of hoping that Santa stiff. John Hodgman somewhere back in his childhood, so he's got some underlying hostility towards Santa as a whole, and he'll side with me. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. That's reasonable. (laughs) That's not too strange, is it? No, it's perfectly normal, completely understandable. We'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about all of this when we come back in just a minute. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast, always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you, it's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, And we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want. And your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020... I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. So as we are recording this, it is it is the middle of June. Andy has a full white beard. Jesse Thorne has a full brown beard. I have a curly mustache. But in just a few days, Jesse and I and a bunch of other nice people are going to be going up the mountain for our, for our, for our own holiday pageant called Max FunCon. And then when we come down the mountain, I, of course, am going to start putting up my Christmas decorations because <laughs> it's getting earlier every year. 
<laughs> it used to be it used to be Thanksgiving, then it was Halloween, then Fourth of July. Now it's Max FunCon. Everyone's got to put up their their candy canes and their lights. Uh, and so, in that sense, Andy is absolutely correct that he should be preparing for Santa all the year round. Keep Christmas in your heart and a big old beard on your face all the year round. And that's correct. No, I was lying. That's incorrect. You see, I was being sarcastic. I was being cynical. <laughs> yeah, ho, ho, ho. There you go. Right. Oh, that's terrible. I know. Well, you're tricking children all day long. <laughs> Come November and December, you think I can't mislead Santa? I can do it. There's a new Kringle in town. Uh, the fact is, you're, you, seem to, you seem to both be adorable people, and I'm quite certain that you make an adorable Santa Claus and and a successful Santa Claus, one who brings uh, uh, joy and pleasure and magic to children, uh, while also reassurance that uh, the holiday time, whatever holiday you observe uh, at the end of the year or any time, is not just about getting a new, uh, what do you call them there, micronauts, right? Is that what you call them? Gobots? Whatever they are. Whatever the thing is the kids want these days. I'm pretty sure it's micronauts. I do take issue, Andy, you know, as as this court always has, by answering direct yes or no questions about is Santa real by saying yes, because that is a lie to a child. Uh, I would encourage you to come up with a artful uh, and and equally evasive uh, explanation <laughs> as as fr uh, Francis Church came up for, for the Virginia in his life, where Santa was a metaphor for good feeling. Even something along like, well, I'm one of Santa's helpers. That's something I would prefer. But look, it's not your job. You have your own style of Santaing. And once you kick that liver spot Santa off his rascal and become King Santa of Raleigh Durham, then you can then you will be the boss of Santa all all the holiday Yuletide season long. However, I think that there is something uh, 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 there's a there's a certain kind of uncanny valley repulsion to Santa Claus in the middle of the summertime. And I think that Christmas creep uh, is, uh, is uh, uh, something that is a little gross when you start seeing uh, signs of the season uh, showing up all around town in October, uh, September, even all the way into June on your favorite podcasts. <laughs> and I think that there's something – something becomes unmagical – about a dude who looks like Santa uh, when he's uh, walking around uh, uh, the Walmart in the, in the middle of July. Um, there's something very magical about what you do, and I respect it, and I think that Virginia does as well. And I also appreciate that you enjoy having the full white beard, but there, and, and you like the way it looks and feels. But when a spouse doesn't like facial hair, you have to take that seriously, A. B, uh, it seems impossible to untie your full white beard from your Santa identity. And C, I think that when you go into that church on Christmas Eve, it is legitimate to – it is a legitimate goal to not confuse children by showing up as Santa – uh, for a Christmas Eve service. I don't know what denomination, I presume, of Christianity that you guys worship in, may I ask? Presbyterian. Presbyterian, yeah. The point is, Santa, as Jesse pointed out, is a, is a, is a pre-Christian pagan druid god. And if you're going in to celebrate Christmas on New Year's Eve, you don't, you don't want to have competing mythologies there. You want to give each t each one its chance. And I say that with great respect for your faith. I don't, uh, and so I think that Virginia's rules are pretty gracious, pretty inclusive, and, uh, and pretty reasonable for a woman who uh, must live with both Santa and her husband. And so I'm going to enforce all but one of them. Oh. Yeah. Here is the exception. You said... No Santa-ing – you said no Santa-style ho-ho-hoing yes. out of season, which season would be November 1st to December 24th? Yes. I'm going to say that that's, uh, that's okay, but an occasional – I mean, that you're, you're right, but an occasional 
slippage into ho ho hoing is perfectly natural. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you said no beard. Uh, you can only begin growing the beard in anticipation of a full beard November 1st. Yes. And it has to be shaved on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I say Christmas Eve is correct. I like that tradition. And uh, whether or not you say, whether or not you shave it, uh, it doesn't matter to me because at that point, Santa is giving way to the uh, to the other great story of Christmas, which is the uh, the the birth of Jesus, and uh, and that deserves some reverence, uh, particularly if you are a person of faith, because uh, it's an interesting story, at the very least. With regard to dressing red, that's a little bit harder to enforce. Like, when does something red become too Santa-like? I think when it comes to dressing up like Santa, it's as the Supreme Court said, it's like pornography. You know it when you see it. <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think Andy, you know to watch your step in that regard, and you already do. Yes. But then there was the one Virginia where he, where he said, sometimes he smiles too much like Santa. <laughs> I can't do that smile. And I can't, in good, in good conscience, in a fake court of internet justice, <laughs> with two adorable people on the line, enforce an anti-smiling ordinance. Andy, you bring enough smiles to everyone's life. You can smile any way you damn well please. All right. But that, be that beard has got to be policed because oh. I, feel, I feel like a full white Santa beard is a, is a big thing to put upon the world. And not not to mention your life partner and wife. It's a big move to make. And I think it's one that is best made uh, ritually and uh, and occasionally. And that occasion, of course, being the holiday time. Other, otherwise, you should get a curly mustache like your son's and then see what happens. So those are my orders on the whole and on balance I find in favor of Virginia. This is the sound ho, of a gavel. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Virginia, you got almost everything you wanted. How do you feel? I'm in shock. You know, Santa's got such a mesmerizing personality. I was afraid that the judge might be swayed, but I'm relieved that he agrees about the beard. And I'll let a ho-ho-ho slip occasionally. And I feel a little chastised about the smile. He's right. Andy should smile any way he wants to. Right, honey? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, not that jolly anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Santa's got a grudge. Hodgman family's going to be seeing a lot of coal this year. Oh, no threats. That's not nice. Well, you know, uh, we, do not, uh, we do not believe in Santa in my household. <laughs> and besides, what if I come down? I already – I could be, uh, you know, I could be weird dad hipster Santa. I come down with my curly mustache. The Hodgman family is Krampus only. Krampus only <laughs> – Please. Andy, Virginia, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank Thanks, you. It's guys. been a delight. I appreciate it. Y'all take care. And to all a good night. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. 
Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. That's it for this week's Judge John Hodgman, Jeff Herbert named this week's show. Thanks, Jeff. If you want to name an episode of Judge John Hodgman, be friends with us on social media. Like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook. Join the Judge John Hodgman uh, Facebook group in the MaximumFun.org Facebook group. Hashtag it JJHO on Twitter and follow us on Twitter. John is at Hodgman. I'm at Jesse Thorne. John, you're on the road, aren't you? I am. If you want to be friends with me in person, why don't you come to one of my shows? I'm going to do comedies on stage for you. And then I'll come out after and meet and greet anyone who wants to meet or greet. So if you're interested in joining me in one of those endeavors, please do so. I will be in Charleston, West Virginia on June 22nd as part of the Festival of Charleston. That is the capital of West Virginia. Then I'll be going to Boston, Massachusetts on September 12th. And just announced I'll be appearing at the Toronto Just for Laughs Festival, Just pour Rio. And you can come see me there as well. And the dates and ticket links for all of those are, as always, on johnhodgman.com slash tour, where I will be announcing new dates very soon as soon as we lock them all in. So I hope you will check it out. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, big or small, we take a look at them all. Go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO, MaximumFun.org slash JJHO, or just email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. Judge John, you lit- when we say that you consider them all, you look at all of these cases. I look at all of the emails. Uh, sometimes I'm very quick to respond. Sometimes I'm less quick to respond. But I always enjoy getting them and reading them. I also want to mention that we are hiring at MaximumFun.org. If you want to work on Judge John Hodgman, we're hiring for a one-year fellowship position for somebody. Great, I'll do it. No, no not you, John. Oh. You're on the FX show Married. Oh, yeah, premiering July 12th. And you host the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Oh, I guess I already do work for Judge John Hodgman. Yeah, if you want to help produce Judge John Hodgman, uh, go to MaximumFun.org slash fellowship. It's a one-year paid position here in Los Angeles at our office working on Judge John Hodgman and Bullseye, uh, Jordan Jesse Go, uh, Wham Bam Pow, all of the shows that we produce out of the MaximumFun.org headquarters. Here. All your favorites because they're all your favorites. Yeah, so go to MaximumFun.org slash fellowship and apply. And if you know somebody who would be a great candidate, uh, go to ma- tell them to go to MaximumFun.org slash fellowship. The deadline is June 15th, so get on it. Our producer is Julia Smith. Our editor is Mark McConville. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.